Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. I want to welcome you to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Roastery Studios, part of the Believe in Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as Buzz 2 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. And all live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark, which just celebrated their two-year anniversary of being open. I'm Porter Hayes, and alongside me is Adam Hall. And we're also brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds and lines, matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, MMA, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino or card games available to play right from your phone. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And tonight we are going to break down the Arkansas Razorback schedule. We're going to give our predictions. Uh, Adam, I think before we start to record, we're very similar on the predictions. I think we're a game or two where we could flip-flop a lot of toss-ups. Just when you really look at this schedule as a whole, how difficult was it for you to really kind of put pen to paper and, and predict how this season would unfold? Oh, there's, you know, solid four to five games that I left intentionally blank for a little bit, filled up my others that were kind of, I knew what I was going to go with, my, with either way. Um, some of them, I mean, even writing a W or L was still kind of tough to do. And I'd second guess myself and, um, I'm pretty close to where I was back in late July, um, but just giving some more thoughts, you know, some teams have come out with who their starter, starting quarterbacks are going to be. So, you know, it's it, some of it's going to be a toss-up still. And when you look around the league, I mean, that seems like you're talking about the uncertainties. There's a lot of quarterback battles. There's a lot of, you know, schools that are used to have – look at Alabama and Georgia just – they're not on Arkansas' schedule, but, you know, you point them two teams out right off the bat – they're, they're, you look at the quarterbacks they've had in the past, you know, and now they're both, you know, and that just shows you the depth and the strength that those teams are because they're without a quarterback really when it comes to an elite quarterback and they're still pick one and two, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, site you want to go to or flip-flop them. But then when I'm going through this schedule, there's a lot of W's I've put on this because you have to win them. I mean, that, that's, the, the, you know, and just by chance, you know, you're four non-conference. If you want to have a successful season, you look at Western Carolina, Kent, BYU, and Florida International, those are must-wins. If you're wanting to progress and go beyond of your season last season, you have to win those games. Then you have the toss-ups. But then we throw the vaunted A&M game in Arlington. You're throwing in that game at Florida and then that four-game road stretch if you want to include A&M. It, it makes it very difficult but what you're hearing from, you know, the coaches, and I'll say this before we break into it, I'm very pleased. Very, I love the fact that we are hearing from the coordinators a lot more this year. We're hearing from Enos. We're hitting from Deke. We're hearing from Travis. We're hearing from all the guys, not just Coach Pittman, every single day doing coach speak 
on the practice reports. So we're really getting in depth, you know, and especially with, you know, places, you know, Pig Trail Nation, Hogs Plus, we're really getting in depth looks at what's going on. It's still coach speak. It's still, you know, just running drills, but it gives you a little better, a better of idea when we've talked about, man, I wish we could see more of what's going on. So we, you know, for us who breaks down the schedule, and I feel like we've actually got a lot of that this year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, something that you hear from head coaches and not so much coordinators, I don't feel like, but, you know, I think it was Monday, um, Enos was with Tara on Hogs Plus and talked about that they were or they had had nine practices at that point, seven of which were install days, and they didn't have to have, for the first time in his coaching career, an off day so that they could recover from everything that they were throwing at them. And, you know, you, you go back and if you want to play both sides, it's like, oh, is coach just saying that? He didn't have to say that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my whole thought behind it was he didn't have to specify that one stat. And it's, you know, it's promising to hear versus getting into October like the past and we hadn't had 30% of the offense installed yet by our boy, God, uh, I was, Chad Morris. You know. <laughs> I was, look, when they asked him that, I was dreaded. I was like, please don't. Please yeah. don't. I think uh, Jackson Collier put that out there of like mm. something. And I was like, I was just, when he was up at the podium, I was like, you better not say 30. But yes, yeah. a, a lot of that, you know, when you're talking about, there's things where he could have said stuff where we could have put, you know, read between the lines of, okay, this, there's still, but that just shows you when you have a guy like KJ Jefferson, you have mm-hmm. a guy like Rocket Sanders, and then you look at the defensive side of the ball, you know, you, you got, you Pooh Paul, you've got your guys, Landon Jackson. You've got these guys that I think you have a solid two or three senior, not senior, but I think you have a two or three captain-like players. And you can even throw Hudson Clark in there. You know, he he's had his ups and downs, but dude, that, about, that guy's been through the fire. He has. Yeah. And, I mean, you can say, I mean, we all talk – or I see a lot of talk out there, you know, negative against Hudson Clark, but when it comes down to it and, you know, I was, I talked Friday with a dollar for quite a bit from Hawk sports. We talked on the phone for about an hour and he was one that we really hit on that. A lot of times when it looks like Hudson Clark may have gotten beat in reality, somebody else got beat and Hudson Clark was there trying to pick up the slack or whatever the case may be and get to the guy. And so in reality, you know, I think it was pro football focus put out their returning um, secondary ratings, and he's ranked number two for a reason. Mm-hmm. He puts himself in position. Well, and, and we talked about that, though. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you are playing a safety position and you get out of position, and you're mm-hmm. used to playing a zone, you're a safety, you're a zone, and you're playing man, or you're trying to cover – you know, that, that again, when we went back and talked about putting a center fielder and right fielder, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's the same thing. And, yeah, he, he – I think here – this is what I'm going to pose, and I know this has been a question. You know, I, I don't think if he would have got that scholarship right after that mm-hmm. that game, that pick game, I don't think we would he would have had the pressure on him. I think if he would have – if he would have had that success and then just rode out the season and then mm-hmm. they gave him the, the, the scholarship going into the next season. But the theatrics, right after that, they gave him a scholarship and that put the pressure on him. And then, you know, the depth sets in and people are getting hurt and he kind of fell off. But like you were saying, it's not all his fault. 
But I think that was a lot of pressure, and it was kind of a curse a little bit. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. he would change his mind and he would take that scholarship oh, either way. definitely. But, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just us as fans, I mean, especially with that three interceptions against Ole Miss and then immediately, I mean, we see the uh, the scholarship given out, you know, the, the staff put out the video of it. I mean, it was a big thing. So I get it, but it's, yeah, that, that was kind of a curse afterwards because then all eyes were on him, especially from the fan base. Yeah. And it, but that's the thing; it comes with it, you know. Every, mm-hmm. You know, everybody just wanting him to get the scholarship. You got it, but hey, you, you know, look, you're an SEC safety scholarship safety. Now you got you got to produce. Now yep. that target's on your back. What are you going to do with this? Almost like be careful what you wish for, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But you, you got the confidence of your defense to really help. You've got other guys you can lean on, barring everybody stays healthy. And, you know, when we go into this schedule again, you know, we look at your first game, of course, it's Western Carolina in Little Rock. I really think we can both mark that down as, as a W. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, unless just the wheels fall off between oh, yeah. now and September 2nd. But I'm going to say that they need to win that one convincingly. I mean, they have to. I'm, I say keep all your guys in there as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Unless they, unless Western Carolina starts throwing some cheap shots and trying to, you know, do things to get our guys off the field, but yeah, I look at that game kind of like um, the Nickel State game from years yeah. ago. That you know we kept the starters in, I think, until midway through the third quarter or so, and I mean they were up fifty six to nothing or fifty six to three or something at that point. So I think it's keep it going, especially so that the team can have those full game reps, not just scrimmage or practice. And then, you know, come halfway through the third or fourth quarter, if everything is going according to plan, that's when you put in your backups and get those guys off the field just to get ready to keep going until the next week. Well, and another thing we're not even accounting for, look at look at the times of those first two games and mm-hmm. look at the weather that has been going on. Yeah, you're, so you're looking at heat index of 115 probably on that field, if not more. So, I mean, I understand, you know, getting your guys, you know, ready to go. But you've got to really take an account of that, too. And that's where your mm-hmm. coaching comes in of, look, I'm, if you feel like he's getting gassed or he feels like, you know, look, we got to protect our guys. We, we can't mm-hmm. be having anybody stroking out out there. We can't, you know, because this is going to be your 3 o'clock kickoff time for two games in a row and the adrenaline on top of that with the, you know, heat index on the turf. And it's going to be – you know, four-quarter game. So, that's going to where you also go into that because, of course, the next week, you know, they got Kent State and then BYU's at 6.30. You know, that's going to be a lot of it, too, is making sure these guys are hydrated, making sure your walkthroughs, your your practicing, because it's going to be brutal. I mean, from now until mid-September, mm-hmm. it's going to be brutal. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I think we're going to see – you don't want to see it, but we're going to see a lot of issues in those games for cramps yeah. and whatnot. And how are they going to address it? How are they going to come back from it? So I think you take those first two games as um, you, you want to go balls to the wall, but at the same mm-hmm. time you got to protect the health of the players too. That's where Monday through Thursday, Friday, you're going to have to be hydrated all mm-hmm. the way throughout the week. And then – I don't know how they do IV stuff, but you're going to have to do some kind of liquid IV to make sure you're hydrated because once you get past, like, to you know, 
days like today, you know, I was outside all day working. Once you get past that point to where your mouth is thirsty, it's too late. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're past that part of where you need to get hydrated. And that's where the importance of I've got two eighth graders and we're talking about practicing and making sure they're drinking a lot of water the night before because you're preparing yourself for the next day the night before. And that's going to be the importance of it, the nutrition, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and But that's where you've got a state-of-the-art facilities and your nutrition and your electrolytes and stuff and sodium. And it, it, that's going to be a, a lot of key of it. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, and it's one of those – these guys are – you want to say they're trained to do this, and they are, but there's some oversight, I think, sometimes when it comes to the hydration and the nutrition. But at the same time, there's a lot of – what ifs unknowns when they actually get into game time, how their body's going to react oh, yeah. when it's 115, 120 down on the turf. Yeah. It will. And that's the thing. It's like, you might as well just open up an oven, stick your head. I and mean, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's where something like what LSU has this year in the, the air conditioned helmets, you know, it, that's just, yeah, look, it's, I've it's, been it's, unsure about that thing. Cause what happens, you know, for one of those things, short circuit <laughs> mid game or something or another, but yeah, but you know, I mean, if it works for them and that gives them an advantage, so be it. Exactly. So we got, okay. So we pretty much got Western Carolina, Kent state as a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know, again, you have BYU sitting there at six thirty. It's still going to be warm, but you, you don't know what BYU is going to be bringing in because of, you know, revenge from last year, but I just, I think with what we've been seeing out of Arkansas, look at what they did last year. You got all these players coming back, but the guys that were here last year are getting faster. They're getting stronger. They're not having to re. They're not having to go back and revisit days. Everything's pointing me in the right direction. Of it's not just Coach Peak like you were saying. They are making. It starts in the weight room, and they're making progress. That's what has me excited to really where I'm toggling between that eight, eight, nine win win season. And you gotta finish up strong against BYU because when we're talking about these must wins, you look you can't and you also can't look ahead. No, you can't. And I think BYU is the game that you put everything together before LSU. That's gonna be your game that you look at and you've got to say, okay, we have to play as perfect as we can play, no questions, no ifs, ands, or buts, and just go balls to the wall if that's what it is. Or, if, you know, you get into those struggles, and you kind of want to see some of those struggles if they're going to be them, just to see how you're going to adapt and maybe change your scheme if you have to. But, again, um, I just think that's a game that it's a win. Um, I would just like to see all the, some of the loose ends tied up before or by the end of that game. Yeah. Definitely, and that's where you get a little bit more comfortable with taking some shots. You know, you, you were looking at really button things up, but also you don't want to give too much away your playbook, but you want to mm-hmm. install your playbook at the same time. Um, I, I think the BYU game is going to be one where, like you said, put it all together, but it, it, it throws me back to the old school BCS days of where, you know, we're a team. You have to win by 40 to make sure you're – you're up in the standings of that BCS. If you're a mm-hmm. team like, say, Arkansas, you don't have the benefit of the doubt like a Bama or Georgia or Ohio State. Like, you have to win all your games by 40. 
I think this is how to send a message to the SEC, other teams, and to send a message to themselves, more importantly, that you know they're not going to be squeezing games out against BYU. They're going to take care of business, and they're going to win these games by 21, 28 points. I think that's going to be a thing that – the, the just because the competition's getting harder, your your progression and your scores don't get any less. Like you treat the BYU game just like you did Western Carolina game or vice versa. And I want to see at least 14, 17, 21-point wins in all three of these first, first games. Yeah. I mean, you want to have that confidence, um, I think, going to LSU. Um I don't think you want any questions. So, I mean, you want you want your confidence. You want your health held, head held high. I mean, you want some swagger, some cockiness going into Death Valley. Yep. And, and you know, the BYU game is going to be – because you, you got Kent State showing SEC Network and then BYU is going to be on ESPN too. Mm-hmm. So, that's going to be another little – you know, how at night you look at the Texas game when they beat Texas – you know, a couple years back, you know, ESPN two, you know, having that night game on ESPN, that's going to add another little factor to having the hype around it before you do. And I've, you know, this has just been rumors thrown around, and you know, you know how that goes. But you know, there's reason to believe that if both LSU and Arkansas are both undefeated at this point, they'll more than likely get the two thirty game. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's one that okay that that's nice, but I would much rather have a two thirty game than that six thirty seven o'clock game because we we know how Death Valley is is at night and that just makes it that much harder to um, get ready to play in that stadium. Oh yeah, I think I mean I don't see you know I think in years past there's been you know we've had some of the eleven a.m. games in LSU just because of the state of our program or versus their program, but uh, you definitely don't want that night game there, um, especially if you're – I mean, that early in the season yeah. Um, when there may still be some questions. Um, I think go into that game, though, if I'm KJ, um, with a little bit of chip on my shoulder mm-hmm. just for the fact that um, so many different outlets out there are putting Jaden Daniels so high ahead of him when it comes to quarterback rankings. Yeah. I mean, I think ESPN had Daniels at 15th and KJ was 30th on their top 100 um, player all, overall players. And I mean, to me, that's almost a slap in the face. Yeah. And so on your, your sheet, you know, where do you have this game? Do you, is this, is this your first loss? Do you have this as your first loss of the season for Arkansas? Yes. Um, this is the game that I've went back and forth and back and forth on. Um, because it is LSU. Arkansas plays them all the time. I mean, very, very close. Um, it is your first SEC game. But, man, it, to me, when, I, when I'm breaking down this season, a lot of – this factor that some aren't putting into it is, you know, KJ's wanting to leave a legacy here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He wants to. Him and Rocket, you know, they're, they're regarded as the top, if, I mean, arguably the top quarterback, running back tandem in the country. 
you know, he don't want to just be remembered as just another Razorback quarterback. He wants to be remembered as the best. I, I think he's, you know, that's a lot of what he wanted to come into. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, I'm, I'm telling you, 60-40 wants me to pick them winning this game. I'm, I'm not, and this is not a, a, a prisoner of the moment. You know, this isn't me knowing better than any other, but it's one of them things that I am putting a lot of emphasis on what KJ wants to do this season and fully healthy and rally this team. And you've got to remember, look what this team's done without a true, like, true vocal leader. KJ put this team on his back last year and did some amazing things, but they are without they were without the stuff on the you know the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And when we go through these rankings or the, these predictions, we're we're barring this is full health where we see this. I do have it as a loss in the end because I mean just with oh gosh I mean I want to say a win just for the upset factor, but I just until you know. It's going to be hard because LSU is going to be good. But the only thing is, it's like, where are they going to be at defensively? Can they stop Arkansas? This is another thing that with these teams, when we're talking about, yeah, Arkansas has got some defensive issues. and But you know what? Arkansas has got an offense now. And these guys at receiver are starting to really step up. Um, yeah. So. I, I mean, that's, I think defense is going to be the – Biggest question until it's proven not to be. Yep. So, you know, it's hard to not revert back to some of last year's train of thought just because we haven't seen anything else. We haven't seen an official product yet. Yeah. And I, so if, if we're, we're nailing me down, I do have this as their first loss. So I have them going, being three and one heading into that daunted AM game uh, in Arlington. And then you move into that game. And that's where I've got to win. I, I, I've got Arkansas to win. And w- when, when we previously were talking about this schedule of must wins, if you're going to go on this big four-game stretch, if you're going to win eight or nine games this season, you have to split the LSU and AM. Just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because if you lose LSU and AM, and then you still got Ole Miss and Bama and Florida to deal with and Mississippi State – you know, that's where things start getting tricky when it comes to we're looking at this, you know, five-game stretch right there. If you lose to Texas A&M and then still got to go to Ole Miss, still got to go to Alabama, yes, you got Mississippi State, which is your homecoming at home, and then at Florida, you can't get yourself in a hole if you're wanting to get to that nine-win season. That That's my take on it. Mm-hmm. So if I have to sacrifice – one of those two games, of, of those two games, which one would I say they'd win? I'm going with A&M other than the LSU game. And, I mean, it may ruffle some feathers, but I have that being loss number two. Um, that game haunts us year in and year out. I think A&M adding Petrino to the mix, um, that's going to be on a lot of people's mind. Maybe not the player's mind, but it's going to be talked about more by the fans of the media than anything. Mm-hmm. But... I think that in Bobby Petrino's head and his scheme, especially with having the athletes that A&M has, um, I, I think he's going to try to pull out all the stops. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, and that was a tough game. That one and then one further down the list that we'll get to were kind of one of my two swing games that I hope it doesn't happen. But um, I, I just think it's going to. Well, and, and the thing is, too, you know, when it comes to the quarterback play of Texas A&M, you know, do they have the quarterback – to give them all these athletes, or are they going to have a quarterback that it that will outshine KJ? Will they have that guy that can? Because Bobby Petrino's offense is not an easy offense. You know, you, you're still yeah. You can you could be the and we've seen what he did at, at Missouri State, but you still got to be able to run his offense, and that could be where one mistake can cost you. We've seen how these games have went over mm-hmm. the years. And how yeah, because I think they're been. named Wigman or Wigman, yeah. their starter. I think he was a true freshman last year, um, played in four games with them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's – like you said, as, is he going to be able to learn Bobby uh, Petrino's playbook? Yeah, so then? he's pretty much going to be a freshman. I mean, he's a sophomore, yeah. but technically, I mean, this isn't some fifth-year senior or, or some transfer coming in with the experience coming in. This is going to be mm-hmm. somebody that's – never started really in the SEC, and now you're going to be learning one of the the offensive gurus' offense, you know, that's going to be tough. But, you know, they got, you know, three games before it as well. So, I mean, we'll see how that plays out. But, I mean, we know, again, we're looking at the history of these games and these toss-up games where if this is going to be Arkansas's year to really impress and then – get to that nine win, possibly ten win that some people are saying, you've got – you cannot – you cannot go 0-2 against LSU and L, L, or A&M. Because, again, when we're looking at the history of this team, you, you, you lose two in a row, you start going on a downward spiral, then you could really find yourself – you could really find yourself 0-4 in the SEC really quick. You could, and I, I mean, a lot of that too, or with my prediction on it, is being a little bit cynical of the past that I feel like A&M quarterbacks typically seem to have one of the best games of their careers, whether they're a new quarterback or a seasoned vet when it comes to Arkansas, and no matter who we've I don't know, it's just always been something that I feel like their quarterbacks always come to play when it comes to Arkansas. Yeah. So. Um. Moving on to the Ole Miss game. I mean, this is another one that, you know, th- this is what makes the SEC as difficult as the SEC is because there's no off weeks. There's no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, another game on the road. This is where you're you're coming off the A&M now, depending on how that game goes. And if the A&M game goes off that ending like it did last year, that could affect how this Ole Miss game goes. Um, you, you can't lay an egg. Uh, I have this as a win. Um, so I have them starting off two and one in SEC play. Um, I just think, I don't think that Ole Miss has got the overall athletes. I don't think they've got the better team when you're lining these two teams up head to head. I don't. That's where I've got, I've got it as a win. It's KJ's last game in the state of Mississippi. Um, so he's going to have his family there, his friends there on top of the Arkansas fans that do travel. I think it's, this is going to be a game that KJ shows out if there's going to mm-hmm. be a game. Yeah. His last one in his home state. I think that's, 
Uh, I just see Arkansas not necessarily handily winning this game, but convincingly win this game. And especially, I mean, I know Ole Miss named uh, Spencer Sanders as their starting quarterback, and maybe he still will be by the time this game rolls around because they chose him over Dart. But, I mean, he didn't show me anything necessarily at Oklahoma State that was just off the charts. Yeah. And that's in a heavy offensive passing, mm-hmm. no defensive league, you know. And and that that's one of the things. You look at the Big 12, and it's almost like if you can't be a successful quarterback in the Big 12, mm-hmm. how are you going to do when you're playing against SEC defenses? Because you even look at teams like Kentucky. You look at Arkansas. You look at Ole Miss. They've got stout defenses, you know. And, and the balance, you know, they're, they're not exceptionally well on offense. They're not exceptionally well on defense. But overall, this isn't the Big 12. You know, you're, you're reading a whole different style of play. And with the Ole Miss game, you, you said it, you know, this, this coming out party for KJ and, and how he wants to be remembered, you don't want to lose that Ole Miss game. I mean, that, you know, when we're talking about do you want to be – do you want to be two and one, or you want to be zero oh and three, or or, or or you know, you want to be three and zero? Oh? Um, mm-hmm. That's Cody has right now three and zero, oh, possibly beating Bama. I mean, I think there's a lot of hype, but man, it, it it's and until it happens, I, I did, they always have. That's the game that you know you look at and you're like, man, we I could see us winning that game. Okay. You know, like you look at Alabama, they don't have Bryce Young. This could be a game where we can sneak up on a winning, and it's that Charlie Brown game where, you know, Lucy's going to have him kick the football. And she, it could happen because we don't know. You know, with if, if Arkansas would have stopped the zone read run last year, they would have beat Alabama. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just – if they would have had the defense to stop him, and they don't have the elite – Receivers. I mean, I'm not saying that this is far fetched. That the people saying that Arkansas could beat Alabama are crazy. It's just because it hasn't happened in forever. It's hard to write that W next to that until it's done. I mean, I did that with the A and M game until Arkansas, and the same way with Missouri. Until mm-hmm. they beat these teams, it's hard to sit there and say they're going to do it. But they have. I mean, you you look at if Arkansas wins that Bama game and they're four and one at that point in the SEC. Could you imagine Dixon Street? Could you oh, imagine the, the state of the fans, the state of the team? And it's almost like also, I mean, how would that affect moving forward? Because look, you beat a team like Bama, look at Tennessee and how they reacted to that win, they, they, they kind of fell off a little bit when it comes to the SEC part of it, you know? Yeah, you know? and it's one of those, like you said, until Arkansas does it, it's hard to pick that game. Um, I would love to see it, especially since we don't have Alabama on next year's schedule. Um, who knows if we'll get them, you know, in 2025, since we don't know what that's going to look like yet. Um We've been waiting for what? This will be like 17 years since we yeah. beat them. I think 2006 was the last time. So it's one of those that you you want to get past it. I just don't see it happening. Um, I know last year's defense is complete, hopefully completely different from how this year's is going to look. But, you know, when Milrow came in towards – I mean, 
like you said, that we couldn't stop them with the read options and everything that they were doing. They, I mean, did what they wanted to, and it, we, it was just hard to watch at times. Well, and it was that one big run that kind of yeah. when you thought everything, and he broke off on that third down and and ran. It was like okay, that that was the the deflating of the balloon, as you say, because it's like okay, if we pin them deep, get the ball back, and score, you know. This is a brand new ball game, and then they break that off, and it just it it was one of them game killers, you know. And we see it all the time in basketball when you know you're playing somebody that's better than you. You got to keep that momentum going in that run because once you take the crowd out of it, once you take that emotion, or you get knocked down so many times, it's hard to keep getting getting back up per se. Mm-hmm. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. After the break, we'll start with the. Mississippi State game, kind of round out the rest of this schedule and break it down. We'll be right back after the break. Attention DOIers and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Mentors Hardware Store. With locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville, our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need, whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck. Most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metters Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Visit us today and let's build something amazing together. Searching for premium brewery products that will take your daily routine to the next level? Look no further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www.sterlingsoap.com or visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas. Shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself. Upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our heroes, history, and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law offices of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. And want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast, and we continue on our schedule breakdown, and that brings us to the Mississippi State game where I, I know that with, you know, of course, this being homecoming in Fayetteville, and I know – Mississippi State, you know, losing losing their coach tragically last year. Um, it, it just you, you don't know what this team's going to be. 
you don't know what, you know, how they're going to overcome, you know, with the new coach. And then, of course, you know, competing. We know how hard it is to mm-hmm. keep it going in the SEC and when you're spinning in the mud and just trying to get back on top. Um, again, I got this as a win. It's just pure talent on both sides of the ball, and you're playing at home. Um, it, it's going to be hard because, I mean, we don't know again. I mean, all of this also has to play of this is coming off of that daunted four-game stretch. You know, you're back at home. You know, how do you recover from how you after that Alabama game? Is this something where you do upset Alabama? You come back and, and kind of lay an egg against, you know, Mississippi State. I, I don't know, you know, but, yeah, I've got this as a win. And, you know, your first game back off that road road stint and uh, get things hopefully back in the right direction at this time point in time in the uh, schedule. Yeah, um, I have it as a win also. Um, no matter the outcome of that Alabama game, um, I think that this game will be – I don't think it will be lopsided by any means. Um, I think, you know, again, kind of like with the Ole Miss, KJ wants to win out against the Mississippis. Um, it, you know, it may not be a pretty game, but then you also have another quarterback and Will Rogers that a lot of people have rated higher as KJ. So I think it's another circled game for him. So uh, even if you are beat up, even if you – Maybe you're even coming off that high if we do end up upsetting Alabama. I, I think Arkansas wins. Yeah, and it's just we, we do put a lot of that, you know, comes down to KJ, but this is his team this year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's his going out party. We do it in a lot of other other sports when we have these seniors that's been through thick and thin with this team. And, you know, especially if also, that you know, that Heisman talk, that, you know, mm-hmm. this – team if they ride the ship and then they do upset A&M you know you could lose that LSU game and if you do beat A&M Ole Miss and Bama if you go on and you know you turn that in instead of 0 and 3 you turn it into a 3 and 1 or you know 2 and 1 stretch you, now we're talking about KJ as a potentially being a Heisman hopeful now front runner and all that I don't you know we don't know how that will go because I, I truly think a lot of that is politics when it comes to mm-hmm. who the hype's behind. I mean, I'm sorry, you can't tell me that Caleb Williams was the best football player in, in, in last year. You can't. You cannot do anything to convince me that he should have won the Heisman last year. And we've seen it a lot of times. Does the true best player in the country get the Heisman Trophy? And a lot more than not, they don't. Yeah, and I think that you kind of hit it on the head with air with the KJ and the Heisman talk. I think that he's going to be thrown out there a lot in the conversation Mm -hmm. until it gets to, you know, really the finalist time. Because, I mean, he's got one of the best touchdown to intercession ratios in the entire country. And he has every year that he's been there. You know, is is he going to run as much as he did with Dan Enos that he did in Bryo's system? Um, I don't think he'll – run as much, but I think he will be just as impactful when he does. Yes. Well, and, and that's all going to be on how those guys behind him. And and we know mm-hmm. Rocket, but, you know, DeBinion and, and A.J. Green, how are those guys going to, I mean, when they get time, are they going to be, you know, come in and, and get those runs? Are they? Can he trust them to get the third down, third and shorts, third and threes? 
or mm-hmm. if, if he's going to have to feel like he needs to do a lot of that on his own, then we're going to see him run the ball more. And that's where it's going to get scary because if you're a third and three and you can't count on your guy to get you a first down and you're going to have to start doing it yourself, they're going to crash down on him. Yeah, uh, and then, you know, I mean, the nightmares go back to, you know, against A&M yep. when he, you know, on the goal line, fumbled it, 99-yard return. So, you know, it's one of those that I know you want those guys behind him to have the confidence Yes. Um, just so that KJ doesn't feel like he must put himself in that position. But, you know, as a leader and as a leader of that team, you're going to do it. But at the same time, like I said, you just want those guys, you want to have trust in those guys that you can make that decision to give them the ball. Yes. Um, and I think with Rocket's size, I mean, and his speed and strength that he's shown that, I mean, he's going to be that guy that gets them those tough yards. Yeah. But also, is you know, it's going to break out a 30, 40, 50-yard run. Well, and also the trust is, you know, you got a little bit of the ego, too. You mm-hmm. know, you, you yes, you're the leader of this team, but you, know, you can't do it all on your own. You've got to rely on your guys because mm-hmm. we talked about that, the, the, you know, the trust. And I don't think that, you know, if you ask him to have one playback, what would you have him back? I guarantee he would talk about that one play, you know, jumping mm-hmm. from the, yeah. the five-yard, four- or five-yard line, yard line, you know, and it turns into that fumble. But that's a that's one of those plays that you're looking at that could have turned around the whole season, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we will never know because, of course, you know, everything played out the way it did. But um, health – Depth, of course, is your main focus this year. Uh, but I think with the strength and the conditioning and the way the guys have been getting stronger, they're able to install the playbook. They're able to not have to revisit things. These guys are getting it. Okay, there's another factor into this. If these guys are picking up, they're not going to be out of position. Mm-hmm. They're going to know where they're supposed to be at. Therefore, how many injuries does that prevent? Somebody being out of position or feeling like they have to go cover somebody, you know, out of position and they end up or knee-jerk reaction, hey, I got to make this play, and now they're injured. You know, that is going to be a big key this year when we talk about what you're picking up. And it seems like we're breaking down this schedule and we've seen what we've seen or heard out of camp. It seems like these guys are starting to get it. I mean, mentally. From the mental aspect. Well, of course, yeah. we'll see on the field, but I, I'm i not drinking the Kool-Aid at all, but I love what I'm hearing and seeing from the clips and the guys of just the mental aspect, and we want progression. And everything that we have been able to see and that it counts, you know, they've progressed. Yeah, and I think this season, that we'll see, I mean, like you're talking about with the coaches and stuff with this season and the new coaches that were brought in, um, you know, it's Sam Pittman's guys that he brought in are all basically gone minus one or two. So, you know, I think that's brought a different element to some of these guys that they're not hearing the same thing day in and day out, especially on defense. Well, and then that's the frustration. You're talking about like where the, the, the vets, if, mm-hmm. if, if the vets are trying to get things down and they're trying to rally the troops and then you've got these guys that you're having to keep on talking to, you know, there goes the mentality of you're staying focused because now 
you're getting tired of the coaches trying to go talk to these guys because they're not getting it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not focusing on your task at hand because you're frustrated because you're not making the progress that you need to be making because other guys are holding you back. That's yeah. that's a huge deal when it comes to becoming a team. And I want to, you know, when they were talking about the scrimmage and, and Sam Pittman was talking about it, it was getting hot. It, it was getting physical. People were fighting it, you know. You want that because mm-hmm. people are fighting for their positions, and that just yeah. lets you know. Other yeah, you, than, want, you want that chippiness, and I don't think you want the fighting necessarily that you're seeing in Colorado and you've got yeah. Coach Prime, <laughs> you know, getting mad at his players that didn't join in on the fight. But like, you know, Sam Pittman said, especially like in KJ, you want to see that chippiness. You want to mm-hmm. see these guys get in each other's face and not just back down. Yeah, well, in KJ's spot, it's like, look, guys, you're not ruining this for me. And that's where yeah. I think, you know, there, there, there's a time to be selfish and there's a time not to be selfish. And I think for him, when he's running these practices and stuff, and, and it's almost like if he feels like the team's holding him back when it comes to what this team could be, he has every right to be like, guys, look, this is all I, this is my last year here. You know, I'm going out on a bang. I want mm-hmm. to win. I want us to get to 9-10. to 10. They want to win every game. You know, I want to leave here as this team that is forever talked about. You know, I want to be up there with the Bobby Petrino teams and the Houston Nut teams and the 78 team. You know, you want to be able to be mentioned with those teams. You do not want to have all this talent like KJ. And, man, what do you think about KJ? Well, they could just never get over that hump because they're going to look at that nine-win year previously as a fluke. That's just – that's the way if this year is not successful, if it's not an eight, nine win season, what are they going to say about the previous nine win year? Yeah, it's going to be, I, I think that's exactly how it's going to be looked if they don't get to that mark this year. Yeah. So, you know, so right now going into the bye week, I've got us at five and three. I think yours is at six and two. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've got um, Bama and LSU as the losses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, like I said, I mean, that it, it seems like, okay, here we go again with these high win predictions. But I'm just – the what from what I'm gathering, I mean, it's hard in some of these games not to pick them. Mm-hmm. Because I just look at the Ole Miss. I look at Mississippi State. You look at – I mean, even the A&M game. I mean, they're, I don't think A&M's – yeah, they got Bobby Petrino, but I don't think they're that much better than last year's team. And Arkansas has gotten better. As much mm-hmm. as you want to say their depth or whatever, they're going to be better this year than last year. Um, but, yeah, the bye week, and I think that's going to be, you know, that at, at Florida, you talk about a, a, a place where you've, you know, things have not went your way. Mm-hmm. That would be a perfect time for a bye week. Yeah, um, that's definitely, I mean, put your Band-Aids on, get your new game plan if you got to change things up. I mean, get you just went through a – Brutal, brutal stretch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that week is going to be a big key to finishing out the season. Licking your wounds, just getting ready to go for that final four, those final four games. Yeah. Um, I got this one as a loss. Um, I just, there's, 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 there's a curse around this game. There's just that black cloud that's over this game. That, that is not allowing me to 
give Arkansas the W in this game. I've just seen too much crazy stuff happen with, when when it comes to um, that that Florida game in, mm-hmm. in the swamp. Um, uh, you could be a mediocre Florida team, and it's they're still tough to beat at home. And that for me, this is where again I was going back and forth. You know, talent. Do I think? You know, if this game was in Fayetteville, I would give Arkansas the W. Mm-hmm. I, I put this solely on this being an away game that Arkansas loses this game. Yeah, um, I went back and forth with this one because I think that we will see a potentially mediocre Florida team this season. I don't have the highest hopes for them, but this game in Gainesville, even with the bye week after that stretch, um, I have it down as a loss. I tried talking myself out to, out of it. Um, I went through every which scenario that I could. Well, Florida's wearing an alternate black uniforms for this game. So that's a curse. Yeah. I'm, I'm like trying to make myself believe that that's going to be a curse for them. And I just can't do it. Yeah. Well, and I'll say this. Look, this is the first. No, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it even because I think that LSU game is going to be close. This is going to be the first year in a long time that we I've looked at a schedule and be like okay they're definitely not winning that game I mean even the Bama game and I have a loss you could still go into that if if Arkansas goes on a run and and somehow splits that LSU A&M they beat Ole Miss and then they got Bama mm-hmm. and if they contain Milrow or if if at that point Bama's just not good with Milrow and they're bringing in another quarterback and they're trying to break him in there is a chance that Arkansas could potentially win that game. Yeah, because um, that was my other swing game that I mentioned earlier with the A&M game that I think these two losses could potentially go either way. I just had to make the decision to take the L on it whenever I had to put pen to paper. Yeah. Um, then you move on to Auburn. You know, now mm-hmm. this is where, you know, that Mississippi State coming off the bye, you got the four games. Um, Auburn at home, I think that's going to be a win. I, I don't think they're going to have enough to where I, th- I think they're going to be LSU two years ago. You know, mm-hmm. not really have everything rolling. You don't have your players. You don't have, you know, this is where the new coach, yeah, he, he's going to make waves, but I think it's going to take a year or two. I mean, uh, yeah, I think Hugh Freeze is going to um, take a lot of the attention for this team that may not be the greatest thing for a lot of these players. Um, we'll see. I have it down as a win. I know they named Peyton Thorne as their starting quarterback. He's the Michigan State transfer. But, again, I just look at a new quarterback, um, regardless that he was a former starting quarterback, I don't see him being that great, especially in Hugh Freeze's type of offense that he's known for. Um, he, Peyton Thorne just wasn't that impressive at Michigan State. Yeah. To me, to, to be able to uh, run what Hugh Freeze runs. And then after that, um, you got Florida International, which, again, that's that one that you know, I mean – barring half of your team is missing or something goes on. It's going to be a win, but it's going to be – hopefully this is not a win that you need 
to then beat Missouri to get bowl eligible. You, I mean, I think so many years you're down to those last couple of games where you're fighting to become, are you going to be bowl eligible? I think with the way we're talking about it, you're going to be bowl eligible well before this game. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to take a lot of stress off this team. They're going to play more freely. They're going to have the depth. They're going to be stronger. And that's where I think this is going to be one of them games where you're going to be not looking ahead but looking ahead, and and you're going to take care of business at the same time. And of course, you know, it, it. you don't have to worry about this game being your last game. I think if this would have been the last game in Fayetteville, it would have kind of made it a little bit more edgy. But mm-hmm. I, I see this as one of them blowouts because they. If I would to say they're not looking ahead, I'd be lying because you know who's next week. Yeah, um, it's definitely a, to me. It's it's a win. Um, get in, get out. I mean, I, I can kind of see this being one of those eleven a.m. games. Just get it over with. Get the day going. Um, and you know they don't. I, you don't want to always. You don't want to take anybody for granted. You don't want to keep looking ahead, but you know they're looking at Missouri ready to get that game going. Yeah, um, and and that would be the last game of the season. And listen, KJ's not losing this game. No. Unless he's out. Unless he's he's out, he's injured. I mean, you've got Rocket and him or your half – I mean, I don't know. If, if KJ's got to win this game in a wheelchair, he's going to muster the strength to win this game. He is not going to end his career in losing to Missouri. I'm sorry, Missouri fans, it's going to piss y'all off or whatever. Hey, we know how. You don't have to throw it in our face or you don't have to bring up the the, the record. We know. Arkansas is not losing this game and this season. They're just not going to lose to Missouri. And no, you're looking at senior day. You're looking at KJ's last game yep. in Razorback Stadium. Plus, it's against Mizzou. Uh like you said, he's going to have to be taken out there in a, a wheelchair with a bloody sock, whatever it is, whatever injury, that, which hopefully is not the case. But he, he's going to be out there come hell or high water, um, ready to go, ready to beat them. Um, I think that Missouri will be looking at this game like they did last year. This game is potentially going to be the game that makes them bowl eligible. Um, so, I, I, you know, they're going to come to play, but – um, I think the seniors on the team, especially, are going to look. The whole team's going to rally around the seniors, especially KJ, to send them out on a high note. This is going to be all theatrics until KJ hands his mom or whoever those flowers, and they're going to give him his standing ovation. He's going to put his he's going to put his helmet on. He's going to clock in. He's going to go to work oh, because yeah. he's. I mean, if I can guarantee you, what game? I mean, of course, you know what games you want to win. They're, they, this is what where we go back and forth on is this game a rivalry? How much do you want to win that game? That and that tells you right there that this game is a rivalry because they want to win this just as much as any of these games. And that's you know one th- you hate you hate for it to be shoved down your throat for so long, but when you look at it, and a lot of it is because of our record against Missouri. You want to beat them. You want to shut them up. So, in reality, yes, it is. 
Um, you may not want to put it up there with an LSU or it's definitely not up there with, you know, your Texas, especially Texas coming in, but it's still a rivalry game. Yes. And, and it will be, I, I just mm-hmm. think, again, I think that, you know, and I was the same way when this first started with, with the forced rivalry and the forced trophy, but you know, when, when it started turning into, we seen it on Twitter, we see the fan bases, how they go back and forth. I mean, the fan bases go back and forth. Arkansas wants to win it. You see Eli, what he does, and, and his antics. And you know what? Until we beat them two, three games in a row, they have every right to sit there and be talking about, you know, they have the upper hand in this in this rivalry. But it they is do, a rivalry. but it also shows with their fans that, without a doubt, Arkansas lives rent-free in their head oh, yeah. day in, day out. Oh, yeah. Well, and again, we talked about like this is like the version of how Arkansas is LSU. We always yeah. find a way to be that gnat, and we'll get them, and we'll beat them. But LSU sees Arkansas as a lesser opponent, and Arkansas seems to always have their number. This is the same mm-hmm. situation. But again, to, to, to wrap this, you know, the breakdown down, I have them beating Western Carolina, Kent State, BYU, A&M, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Auburn, Florida International, and Missouri with a 9 and 3 record. I will lock it in. That that's not going to change. I'm not I'm not going to waver away from it. That that is my final answer on what I think this season's going to go. I just think that I just have with everything that with KJ and Enos, Travis you know, let's throw Souders in there. You know, what he's doing, you know, you're seeing a lot of interaction with these assistant coaches and these position coaches. Cody, you know, and what he's doing, you know, you're seeing a lot of, and maybe that's why I'm saying what I am because we are seeing stuff that's going on on the inside. We are seeing things other than just from Sam Pittman. It gives you a little bit more hope, and you're seeing when you're hearing these guys, we have these this many guys faster. We have this many guys stronger. We're, we're not having to go back on days. Everything is lining up where they could have a very successful season. Am yeah. I wanting to go on record saying they're going to go 12-0, 11-1? No. I mean, that that's just – I don't think they have the depth to run the table, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it is still – you know, it's still the SEC, but no – my final answer is nine and three. See, and so I will lock mine in at the eight and four with the losses to LSU, A&M, Bama, and Florida. And if you want my proof, I don't know if you can read that wherever my camera <laughs> is. There's my proof of the eight and four. So it's on paper. I will keep this with all my little notes and we'll you know revisit it when the time comes. Well, but hopefully. <laughs> I, I've, I've been back and forth to that nine and three, eight and four, but eight and four is what my gut says. Yeah. And and I get it, and that's the thing. I mean, it, rightfully so, where you're at on those games and where we're at, it's just a lot of it is you want Sam Pittman to be your head coach for a very long time. You want him and Dan Enos to ride the ship and come to – it's almost like a, a, a movie, you know, where – these guys work together. Now they're coming back again. Let, let's get the band back together. We got mm-hmm. KJ. We got Rocket. You know, let, let's get the band back together and let's see what we can do. And we're talking about chips on your shoulder. Wow. I, I think the, the the way Sam and Enos are, I think they have a little chip on their shoulder too. They want to prove, Sam Pittman wants to prove that that 9-3 nine and, nine and season wasn't a fluke. 
Dan yeah, Enos wants is. to come back and prove that he can run an SEC offense. Yeah, and it's one of those, you know, if Arkansas were to happen to go, you know, 10 and 2, 11 and 1, I will gladly say that I was wrong and, you know, that there's somebody out there that knows more than I do. But for the time being, <laughs> yeah. uh, I just, I can't see it. I'd love for it. Um, but we'll see. You know, we got 13 days left. Yeah. And of course, we would love to, to be, you know, Wrong and, and, and it be more than what we, what we predict. I mean, you always. I will be glad to eat crow. <laughs> we'll eat crow on the show if they go. <laughs> there we <with> go. <laughs> I'm sure we can find somebody to make it for us. Yeah. Well, that will do it, uh, Adam. Unless you got anything else to add, uh, we've we've got a pretty. We're going to have Coach Neighbors on the show some point this week, and with that, we'll have our first episode of season two of the weekly women's sports report. We'll have Coach Neighbors on this week, and we'll recap volleyball and soccer getting their their season started. Women's golf, track and fields got some uh, athletes running in some world events that will break down. But Adam, you got anything else to add? Everybody just stay cool, stay hydrated. Any questions, comments, shoot them to us, yes. whether it's in our DMs, on the page, to me and Porter directly. Um, we'll start answering those on air just to get everybody a little bit more, you know, see what y'all think, see what questions y'all might have for us. Yeah, and, and that will be starting not this Monday, but the following Monday. You know, time being, we'll get the logistics on that between me and Adam on on when we can roll with that. But we are going to start that Monday mailbag. We'll take four or five questions from the listeners, be a short 30-minute show to really kind of break down, get get them, get our listeners more involved when it comes to your questions and take the time to answer your questions and comments. We'll really like to do that on Monday. That way, if you have any questions about the previous game or – you have questions about the upcoming game. We'll start that when the season. We'll probably do that all throughout football season, throughout basketball season. We'll just, depending on, you know, we'll see how much the fans want to interact with that. But, yeah, that will be starting very soon. All right. Sounds good. Y'all have a good evening. We're, again, remember we are brought to you by Bet Online and the Sterling Soap and Roastery Studios for Porter Hayes and Adam Hall. We will catch you this week when we have Coach Neighbors on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.